the storm of life can be what can be money the storm of life can be children's school fees the storm of life can be food can be car can be clothing the storm of life can be the high place of this world you want to be among the mighty the timber and caliber the storm of life can be those things the storm of life can be career maybe you want to be a, a civil servant ah, civil servant are getting salary you want to be civil servant too those are the storm of life so as long as your eyes is fixed on the storm of life you may want to be in a big church that has a big general overseer is the storm of life all those things will not allow your feet to be where on the narrow road eh? it will not allow your feet to be where on the narrow way but by the time you remove your eyes from all these things and fix your eyes on jesus what will happen all these things automatically will come back to you it's a seek first what the kingdom of god second is righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you but as long as you are looking onto this thing you won't get the kingdom you won't get this righteousness and you will not get those things hmm? has anybody gotten the whole money in this world eh? that uh, there's one rich man that has the whole money in this world no nobody has ever chased money and catch money eh? when you chase money and catch money that means you have acquired the whole money in this world no man has ever chased money and catch money you can't catch money money is very slippery that is why jesus said you cannot serve god and mammon what is mammon mammon is satan himself mammon is what tools that satan use in deceiving people it's satan himself and satan they call him what serpents some place in the bible they call him the great dragon can you catch a snake is very slippery and that's why jesus said be wise as what serpents and be gentle as dove so we are going to pray that our eyes will be fixed on jesus if your eyes is fixed on jesus whatever you want that is what god told me he said if my eyes is fixed on him what every other desires will come even the one you don't want eh god will bless you with it god asked solomon one day solomon made sacrifice to god and god asked solomon ask me of anything that you desire solomon answer uh, god i want you to give me wisdom and understanding so that these people that you have given to me i will be able to rule them with justice with discernment with understanding and god said you have chosen well 
that you did not ask what the head of your what enemy. There's one woman they say there's one a woman that has a daughter. Herodians. He has a daughter. And he said the uh, the daughter danced so much that the king was so impressed, he was so happy. And the king now make a pronunciation. He say, "Ask of me <laughs> anything from half of my kingdom, and I will give it to you." And the the young daughter, not knowing what to ask of, he went to meet the mother. And the mother said, "Ask of the head of what John the Baptist." God told Solomon, he said, you did not ask of the head of your enemy. You did not ask of, let fire fall on my enemy. Let my enemy die. You did not ask of all those things. As long as you do not ask of all those things, and you ask of wisdom and understanding, even all these things, the head of your enemy, eh, I will give them to you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, you shall keep your peace and I, I, I will fight for you. Eh? When God is fighting with a man, when God is fighting, can a man overcome that fight? Eh? When God is fighting your fight for you, can a man overcome it? No, you can't. So keep your peace. Let me fight for you. Praise the Lord. So we are keeping our peace and we allow God to what to fight for us. There's no need to curse your enemy. There's no need to let my enemy die. No, Jesus did not pray those kind of prayer. Let my enemy be frustrated. Let my enemy no, Jesus did not pray, pray it. Because Jesus knows the God that is serving. And he knew the testament he has brought to us. That is why he did not pray such prayer. Now let my enemy die. Let this one happen to my enemy. Let this one happen. That is a carnal childish prayer. If you are praying such a prayer, you are a child. You are what? A child. Praise the Lord. So we are going to pray the Lord. Two things you are going to pray for. Lord, help me to be focused. Help me to put my feet where? To put my feet where? Eh? To put my feet where? To put my feet on the narrow road. Help my feet to be where? On the narrow road. And help my eyes to be fixed on Jesus. That is the only way you can make it. When we talk about making it, we are not talking about money. We are not talking about prosperity, the things of this world. That is not making it. The only way you can make heaven, we are talking about heaven, to see Jesus. And why are we going to heaven? To see Jesus. Eh? Why are we going to heaven? To see Jesus. Because Jesus is our what? Is our bridegroom. A bride is desirous to see who? Eh? 
A bride is always desirous to see who to meet the groom. Why are we going to heaven? To see Jesus. Some people may be going to heaven because of the mansion. No, not because of the mansion in heaven. Some people may be going to heaven to escape the damnation, the suffering of this world. No. We are going to heaven to see who? To see our groom. I am married to Jesus. Satan, leave me alone. I am married to Jesus. I am married to We are married to Jesus. My husband is coming to take, to take us away. When? In the catching up that they call rapture. We are going to catch up with him. We are going to do what? We are going to catch up with him. We are going to see Jesus. The whole reason of Christianity is who? Is Jesus. The bridegroom. The bridegroom. We are going to see the bridegroom. That is the whole essence of what Christianity. We are going to miss Jesus. We are going to be united to who? To Jesus. We are going to be united to who? To Jesus. That is the essence. Why you are occupying? You are occupying. Number one, to take to introduce others to Jesus. Beginning from your household. Beginning from what? Your household, your own Jerusalem. If you have not conquered your Jerusalem, you don't have any authority to go and conquer people outside. Conquer your Jerusalem first. Your household. Let your household be saved first. Christianity has a sequence. From your household, then to the to outsiders. The better your life is, the better fruitful you are. The better fruitful your family is. Is a better way to do what? To attract others. If your family is fruitful, if your family is righteous, if your family is holy, then other people will come. Other people will come. Praise the Lord. But if your life, your own life, your family life, the way you do things is not genuine, you are not fruitful, nobody will come. So Christianity begins from where? Your household. What did Joshua said? He said, me and my household will serve the Lord. Me, I don't know about you. If you wish to serve the Lord, join us. Me and my household will do what? We will serve the Lord. It begins from his household. There are many pastors now. Their household, there is problem, everything. Their household. They've not done assignment. They've not done work on their household. But they are going there. They say they are going to win a soul. What are you going to fill them with? 
when they come into your house, what are they going to eat? You have not, you have not won your wife to Christ. You have not won your children to Christ. You have not won your immediate family to Christ. And you say, ah, you want to bring somebody else in. When he come, which light is he going to see? The people that you have not conquered for Christ, that you have not won to Christ, they will drive those ones that are coming. Praise the Lord. Your life should be what? Good aroma. What is aroma? You know, whenever they are cooking a very fantastic, a very wonderful food, from outside here, you are hearing what? You are hearing the scent. You wish you can come in and partake of that dinner. Praise the Lord. You wish you can come in and partake of that dinner. That is the aroma. Our life should be what? Aroma of Jesus. Aroma of Jesus. That, you know, when they see you, they see Jesus. When they see you, you are smelling Jesus. When they see you, you are acting Jesus. When they see you, you are living Jesus. When they see you, they know that somebody is Jesus. Praise the Lord. Somebody is Jesus. But when your life is chasing people away, chasing people away, it's not bringing people in. They don't think your ministry can be successful. Whatever you gather, you end up chasing away. Praise the Lord. Whatever you gather, they will not stay. They will go. Because you gather and scatter. You gather and scatter. God forbid. Whatever we are going to gather, it will be what? Permanent. It will be what? Permanent. It will stay. We are not going to uh, uh, suffer. You suffer. You do evangelism. You enter sun. You enter everywhere. You do evangelism. You bring people in. With your hand again, you scatter them. You pursue them and go. If it's one soul, if it's two souls, we can add to this ministry. They will remain permanent. Jesus added 12 disciples. And those 12 disciples, they remained. Except the son of perdition, Judas. He did not lose any of them. So your life first, that is ministry. Your life first. Your family, their life second. Then before you can say, I want to go and minister to outsiders. Let's not be deceived. Prepare your life. Prepare your life. Let people see you and say, this man is a man of God. As long as people are still seeing Satan in you, they will not come. And you cannot keep anything. Let your life be purely Jesus. Purely Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray. Two prayer points. There's no need to to pray long prayer. No, no, there's no need. Two prayer points. Let my feet 
be on the narrow road. Let me be focused on the narrow road. Number two, let my eyes continuously to see Jesus. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Let my feet be on the narrow road. You are moving. And your eyes is on Jesus. You get home. You see the bridegroom. You see Jesus. Let my feet be on the narrow road. And let my eyes be fixed on Jesus. With that, you get home. If you apply this principle all the time, your eyes is on Jesus, your feet is on the narrow road, you get home. And that is how you can conquer the storm of this life. And that is how the things of this world can grow dim. You are not seeing them again. You have become a spiritual man. Your focus is what is in Jesus. Your focus is in Jesus. You are a spiritual man. Not that I see ah, clothes to wear, this one to eat, that one, that one, car to ride, all those things. Your eyes cannot be, your, your, your attention is, is divided. You cannot use one eye to look up and use one to look down. No. So if your eyes be single, your whole body will be full of light. But if you have double eye, how great is the darkness that is in you? You can't pursue two things at a time. Pursue Jesus. Look unto him. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look unto him and keep your feet on the narrow road. Keep your feet on the narrow road. Keep your feet on the narrow road. That is how we can make it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We are moving to the book of 1 Corinthians. Book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. The last time we talk about 1 Corinthians, chapter 5, we are following it serially. Corinthians is written by Apostle Paul. The letter to the Corinthians. He wrote a letter to them. So long a letter. To the people of what? Corinthians. That is the first letter. That is why they call the book First Corinthians. Bible students. That is the first letter he wrote to them. It was somewhere. When you write a letter to somebody, you are not in their midst. Praise the Lord. When you write a letter to somebody, you are not where in their midst. You are not where in their midst. You are probably somewhere far away. And you want to pass a message across to them. And you wrote them a letter. Paul might have seen things in the spirit that this is the need of the people of Corinthians. The saints, the church in Corinthians, that is why he wrote that letter to them. To address 
the things that they saw in the spirits, the problem that the people of Corinthians are having. That is why he wrote that letter. I will read. Because of our time, I will read. We are going to be reading all the chapters in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, yeah, all the all the verses, all the verses. If I say all the chapter in First Corinthians chapter six, it's also correct. If I say all the verses, it's also correct. So he said, "Dear any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust, and not before the saint. Do ye not know that the saint shall judge the world?" And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matter? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Praise the Lord. Paul was talking about brothers taking another brother to court. Praise the Lord. He's talking about a brother, that is a brother in Christ, taking another brother in Christ to court. That is not good, it's not lawful. You are born of the same what? Father, of the same spirit. Why can't you resolve simple matter between each other instead of what? Going to court. You can take an unbeliever to court. Somebody you perceive that this is not a brother and he does wrong to you and you are looking for justice. You are looking for justice. You can take what an unbeliever to court that have wronged you or that have trespassed or that have passed his boundary. Praise the Lord. You can take such people to court. But between brothers in Christ, we don't take each other to court. We resolve things what amicably. Because why we are brothers? Your brother have wronged you. You resolve it amicably with him. Because why? We are brothers. We don't need to take what a fellow believer. A Christian that you know that this is a child of God, you don't take such people to where to court. You resolve it. You can meet the pastor, you can come together and discuss it. First, there's a way in dealing with somebody who have what offend you or somebody who have wronged you. You meet the person first. You tell the person, this thing you have done is wrong. Second, you take a witness. You take a witness. If you have a church, you report the person to his church. Then if there is no change, what happens? 
you can treat the person like what a publican, like a non-believer, can take the person to court. No, even Jesus advised not to take anybody to court. But as long as we are in this world and those systems exist, you must pass through those systems because there are some things they will ask you. Who have you, which authority have you report this to? That you saw all these things happening and you did not report is a sin. You see some things happening around you and you did not report to a constitutional authority is what is a sin. So that is why we must report some things. The Bible says, even the angels, we shall judge the angels. Yeah. Eh? If God said the saints, we, the saints, we shall judge the angels. That means our hierarchy is higher than the angels. Praise the Lord. It's the higher power that judge the lower power. We shall judge the world. Who are the world? The beast society. The people that have allegiance towards Antichrist. The world has what allegiance with Antichrist. I call them the beasts. The people that are loyal to the beasts, they are also beasts. Like begat, like. And their hierarchy belongs to where the beasts. What's a beast? A beast is an animal. Eh? Are they not animal in the world? Character of some people. Animal. They behave like animal. Praise the Lord. They behave like animal. Some character of some people is like animal. And who is the beast? Satan is the beast. So in this quality, characteristic of animal is in you, unfaithfulness, immorality, fornication, adultery, false witness. If all this thing is in you, you have what element of beast in you, you are still a beast. They are what? They are hierarchy. From heaven to earth, they are hierarchy of God. Number one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are first in the hierarchy. Number two, the saints. The saints are second in the hierarchy. Number three, the angels. The angels are what? They are taught in the hierarchy. Then number four, the animal and every human being that are following Satan. Number four is Satan. Number five, Abi. Number five is uh, number four is Satan. Number five is the beast. Eh, the beast, the animals, and every human being that have allegiance to Satan, 
they are classified under what beasts they are animals then you now talk about plants and every other things these are just the hierarchy and look at what the bible says it said verse 3 it said know ye not that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertaining to this life in my hierarchy am i correct or am i telling lies eh? some people may not believe in this hierarchy but that is the hierarchy of heaven God revealed it to me long ago. This is the hierarchy of heaven. This is how God sees things. Praise the Lord. This is how God sees things. The same God is repeating in here, in this verse 3. He said, we shall judge angels. We shall judge who? Angels. If we shall judge angels, that means the saints. Our hierarchy is greater than the angels. And that is why when certain saints was bowing down to Satan, eh, sorry, was bowing down to angel. What did the angel say? Say we are servants. We are servants from God to minister to you. Somebody that is ministering to you is what is your servant. A minister means what? Servant. We are sent to minister to you. No, don't bow down to us. You remember the testimony of uh, one man that came here, Auntie Yejide's uh, husband. He said when the, some of the angels see him, they will bow down. Because he's seen them. Praise the Lord. He said, if some of the angels see him, they will bow down to him. That's what does it mean to bow down to somebody? To worship somebody. And that is why one of the commandments says, You shall not bow down to any graven image, anybody. If you want to look at it in the way of Christianity, you shall not bow down to anybody. Man to man shall not bow down to each other. But when you look at our culture and you want to respect the elders, sometimes you, you bow down or you, you kneel down to greet. It doesn't mean worship. It's just a sign of respect. That this person is older than you in age. Praise the Lord. This person is older than you in age. That is why you sign of respect. You bow or you you knee. But biblically, we shall not worship any man. Both the governor, the king, or anything. And Jesus showed that example practically. Jesus did not bow down to any man. He only bowed down to God. Praise the Lord. The only person we can bow down to is God. That we can kneel down and worship. We can bow down to. 
You shall not bow down to any man. You shall not bow down to any graven image. You shall not worship any man. You shall not kneel down for any man. No matter how highly placed the man is. But if the meaning of your bowing down or your, your kneeling down is to show what respect, that one is different. You shall not praise any man. Praise the Lord. You shall not praise any man. You shall only praise God. Because man cannot take praises from man. Man cannot take worship from man. And that is what the Antichrist is going to use to sweep a lot of people. The other time when I was preaching about the book of Revelation, I said when the Antichrist shall come, they talk about the what? The the chip. The chip is part of the system. But the chip alone cannot make you to miss heaven. Except you begin to bow down. And before you use the chip, a time will come, they will chip everybody. Your banking, your everything will be on that chip. All this BVN, all these things that they are doing, all this ID card, everything that they are doing, is gravitating towards what? Chipping people. When they chip you, all your information will be in that chip. Your banking details, everything. And at that time, the, 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 the picture of Lord Lucifer will be placed in the bank, will be placed in the school, will be placed in offices, will be placed in different places. And they will assign somebody to stay there, to be watching. And whenever you are coming into any institution, the first time you see, you see the picture of Antichrist, and they will say, bow. Once you begin to bow to Satan, to the picture of Antichrist, Lord Lucifer, when you begin to bow, then you are making your way to hellfire. Do not worship him. You only worship God. Do not worship Lucifer. Do not worship the Antichrist. You only worship God. So once you begin to bow to the Antichrist, then there's a problem. This is what is going to happen at the end time. We may, we may witness it, we may not witness it. But our generation, if the Lord liveth, may, may witness some of those things. We might have gone. Maybe even our children now, they might have gone. But they too will give birth to children. We are greater than the angels. And that is why the Bible says, we will judge the angels. So you should know your position. So you don't cry. As a saint, you don't cry over small, small things. When any problem comes, when it comes, you address it. God has given you power above all principalities, above all problems, above all storms. When it comes, you address it. When sickness comes, you address it. When poverty is approaching you, you address it. When the enemies are approaching you, you address them. 
We are greater than the angels. We are greater than the beast. We are greater than Satan. So anything you are greater than, you can address, you can judge, you can speak to. God has placed you above sickness. God has placed you above poverty. God has placed you above the things of this world. So address them. Open your mouth and address them. Oh, ye sickness, I rebook you in the mighty name of Jesus. And you go and sleep. Oh, you poverty, I rebook you in the mighty name of Jesus. And you go and do the necessary things. To address poverty is through hard work. Working hard and working smart. That is how to do what to address poverty. You don't rebook poverty, say, ah, poverty go, poverty go. It will not go. But you use the principle that the Bible says, he that does not work, you know what, you know it. You begin to do your work. You begin to think, how can I solve this problem? Poverty is a problem. And you can solve it. How can I solve this problem? Praise the Lord. Verse 4. If then ye have judgment of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who at least esteem in the church. I speak to your shame. Is this so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. There should be a wise man in the church. There should be a wise man in the church that when something happens between two believers, the wise man will come up and judge. You remember Solomon? When those two people, they have uh, a certain woman, they gave birth to a child the same day. One slept on his baby and killed the baby. And they went to carry the other person's baby and say his own. When the other person was looking for his baby. And they brought the case to Solomon. And Solomon removed the sword. And said, this only child that is remaining, I'm going to cut that child into two. And give one part to you and give one part to her. The real mother of the child said, let's take this child. Give it to this woman. Don't kill this child. And Solomon said, this woman, the other one said, okay, okay, kill the child. Give me one part. Give one part to her. And Solomon said, this woman that said, don't kill the child. Give it to the other woman. He said, that child is for her. And Solomon gave that child to the woman that said, don't kill the child. Don't divide the child. Wisdom. Wisdom is what profit to direct. Profited to direct. Wisdom is for direction. So whenever you have a case, whenever you have anything confronting you, call on wisdom. Wisdom of God. How will I do this thing? And don't fear any circumstance because fear brings you down. Fear, with fear you will not be able to sleep. Fear will bring you down. 
Don't fear anything. Don't fear to address anything. God has given you power to address every problem. Don't be afraid. Whatever is confronting you, don't allow it to give you sleepless nights. Don't allow it to weigh you down. Don't allow it to worry you. Jesus said, how much much, how much will your worry do to you? Can your worry, all your worries, can it add one uh, kilogram to your weight? No. Instead, worry will reduce you. You will not be able to eat. You not be able to sleep. You will not be able to relate properly. And when you have such case, you are already dying. When you cannot eat, you cannot sleep, you are, cannot react, you are not happy, you just like that. You will begin to die. Well, you jump off and say, this, uh, this problem is not above God. There's always a way out. And that has been my principle. No matter what the problem is, there's always a way out. There's a way out. So go over your... Be above your problem. Don't allow your problem to be above you. There's always a way out. You know what I say? Tell you about content, over cocky. You see the time, Bessie? Tell you about content, over cocky. You see the time, Bessie? If low touch, if something touch ground and touch up, there's a way you, you keep it. That's wisdom. When something seems that is above you, what do you do? There's a way you keep it. Call on God. God, I need extra wisdom to address this. And God will give you wisdom. Wisdom is profited towards so direct. Nothing should be what above you. Nothing should be above you. But brother goeth to law with brother. And that before the unbeliever. What does it mean? You are taking yourself, brothers in the church, that are related to Jesus, that are disciples, you are taking yourself before what an unbeliever to judge you. You are taking yourself before an unbeliever to judge you. Say, so God says it's not good enough. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourself to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong and defraud, and that your brother, your brethren. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicator, nor idolater, nor adulterer, or effeminist, nor abuser of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkard, nor revilers, nor extortioner, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some, you, some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified 
in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Know ye not. He said, how can you, all these people, unbelievers, that doesn't know God, that will not inherit the kingdom of God, how can you bring yourself before them and say they should judge you? But if you are taking an unbeliever to an unbeliever for judgment, it's better. But don't take a believer to court. Do not take a believer to court. Take an unbeliever to court. Don't take a believer to court. Verse 12. It says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meat for the belly, and the belly for meat, but God shall destroy both it and them. No. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your body are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them the members of Harlot? God forbid. What, what, know ye not that he which is joined to an Harlot is one body? For two said, he shall be, he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Everything that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. So all these things that the Bible mentions, as a believer, we should be above them. Should not be hard of the ah believer you are committing fornication after God has washed you. Should not be hard of that uh, you are committing adultery after God has washed you, or you are stealing somebody's property, or you are coveting, or you are involved in murder, or you are involved in embezzlement, or you are involved in all these things that the Bible mentions. Should not be hard of. You should grow above them. You should grow to higher things. You should grow above all this small, small sin that the people of the world are committing. You should grow higher. You should grow higher. You should grow above them. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray. The Lord want to be above, above lies. Lie is a common sin. Eh? It's a common sin. Both white lie and black lie. It's a common sin. 
very common. And God refer Satan to who? Eh? The father of all liars. So immediately you lie, you come under the authority of Satan. Eh? Immediately you commit fornication, you come under the authority of Satan. If you don't repent. Immediately you bear false witness. Or you deny what you have done. Some people, they know how to deny. Some people know how to what? Deny. Whatever thing you deny, say, ah, I did not do it. That thing will stand before you. So you must tell the truth the way the truth is. Your conversation must be in truth. Your lifestyle must be in truth. You must over bloating yourself. This one they call packaging. It's thin. You go and borrow clothes and wear to impress people. Impressing people on his own is sin. Do not impress anybody. Be yourself. Jesus did not impress the Pharisee. Jesus did not impress the Herod or the Pilate or any of the king that is ruling in Israel or any of the, the government institution. Jesus did not impress them. Most times he speaks the truth to them. He speaks what? The truth to them. Don't impress anybody. Don't try to package to impress everybody. And that is what is raining now in the corporate world. Packaging. Packaging to deceive people. To get contracts. Packaging. Don't over package. Packaging to is what? Is a lie. It's a white lie. Where you have not gotten to, you are telling people you are already there. Go and borrow goods this short. Borrow car. Do this one. Just to impress people. When you are impressing people, you have come under their worship. You are trying to worship them. You are trying to impress them. You are trying to make them happy. Don't worship any human being. Don't impress any human being. Be who you are. Tell the truth. Worship God alone. Worship God. Worship God. Worship God. And for how long can you keep that packaging? Hmm? You can't keep packaging for long. But being yourself, you can keep it for long. Praise the Lord. Being yourself, being who you are, you can be who you are for long. But you can't continue to tell lies for long. Because when you tell lies here, you need another lie to cover up that lie. You'll be covering and covering. And before you know it, people will see your nakedness. They say, ah, include don't here, here, don't cover this place. And when they begin to see your nakedness, they say, ah, this is the kind of person he is. And they will begin to leave you to go to somebody who is real. You know, when I'm on the internet checking something, I want to, I'm checking for the real thing. Something that is real. Something that is consistent. Something that is stable. I'm checking for it. So when something is overpackaged, I leave that thing. I don't attend to that thing. So I'm looking for the real thing. So packaging means what? Lying. Some people will go and rent a big house to impress people. 
they will furnish it, do everything just to impress people, to create what a false status, a false identity. You can't keep it for long. Just be yourself. Whatever you are doing, be yourself. Continue to do what? To be yourself. To be yourself, you don't need to tell lies about it. That is just who you are. But when you tell lies, you've forgotten that you told lies here. You've forgotten that you told lies there. And by the time you go and say another thing, they say, ah, Shepina, you talk, say, so, so thing. Oh, you say, I'm forgotten, I'm forgotten. Yes, it's like that. They've noted it. And by the time it's getting to three, four times, they'll say, they'll conclude, this guy is a liar. When I go to different markets or different villages where I say, they'll say, wait for this guy. Because I've established that integrity, sincerity, and truth. Whatever I'm bringing now, they are buying it. Uh, why are they buying it? But they, because they believe that this guy cannot bring something that is bad to them. Some people will say, ah, lay, uh, I should come and buy their memory card. I say, I don't buy secondhand memory. I buy new memory to sell. But if I see somebody who is in need, I will direct the person to you. But for me, I don't buy such memory. I only buy two types of memory since I started memory card. So if you are bringing this one now, I, I, I don't buy it. If it's closer to the one I'm using or the same brand, I can say, okay, if somebody is in need, I'll help you check it, test it. If it's good, you can buy it. Praise the Lord. So you must be more steady. You must be straightforward. You must not be found telling lies. If you say this is how it is, and by the time they check, they check, they check, they see it like that, they will believe you. But if you say this is how it is, as, and they check, and it's not like that, they won't believe you. So be steady, be steadfast. Be sure, be truthful. Don't put lies in your business. Don't put lies in your way of life. If you and somebody is doing something and that person is using lies, give that person one year. And God said to me this morning, before I ran up, God said to me, He said, things of this world, it flows to the valley. Where do you get gold from? Eh? The richness of this world, it flows down to the valley. The deep places. Let's be awake. He said, the riches of this world, it flows where? to the valley, to the deep places. When you are looking for gold, where do you get it? Eh? Under the ground. Why is gold found under the ground? The riches of this world, they flow there. If you are looking for diamonds and all kinds of precious stones, where do you get it? Underneath, you can't get it on the surface. When you are looking for petroleum, where do you get it? Under, under the ground. They only drill past water, or they drill into the ground. 
under the ground. He said, God now said to me, stay in the valley. Eh? If you want to be rich, stay in the valley. The valley is not attractive, but resources will flow towards you. If you want to be rich, if you want to be wealthy, don't stay in the high place. And Jesus looked at that principle. He said, blessed are the meek, for they shall do what? They shall inherit what? The earth. Who are the people that are meek? The humble people. Just be humble. Don't be arrogant. When you are humble, things will flow towards you. But when you are arrogant, everything that you get, you will lose. When you are bragging, you are arrogant. Everything that you get, you will lose. But when you are humble, things will flow towards you. Stay in the valley. When you are in the valley, resources will flow towards you. Everything that is coming from up, where is it going to? The valley. Everything that is on the earth, where is it going to at last? The ground. The, uh, the law of gravitational force said, everything that goes up must what? Surely come down. Praise the Lord. Everything that goes up must what? Surely come down. So the riches of this world, they are in the valley. The most fertile land is not on the mountain. Eh? The most fertile land is where? On the valley. Every resources that is flowing, everything that the mountain has, is flowing towards the valley. Stay in the valley. What does it mean to stay in the valley? To stay humble. Praise the Lord. To stay humble. When you are humble, everything will flow towards you. And to be humble, you are not deceptive. You are just plain. You are, you are, you are just yourself. You believe in the truth. You are just yourself. You treat people equally. You treat people with good manners. Your word, they are good. If you are not in the valley, nothing will flow towards you. Everything that you gain, you will lose. Praise the Lord. But when you are in the valley, you are humble. Eh? You are humble. Everything that is coming from up, it will not, it will flow towards you. That is the law of gravitational force. Whatever goes up must what come down. Anything will go up, it will come down. That is the law. So if you want to be rich. Stay in the valley. Don't present yourself. Don't overpackage. Because when you overpackage, people will be afraid of you. And somebody you are afraid of, will you go near the person? Hmm? When you overpackage, people will be afraid to come to your house. That is the nature of human beings. But if your packaging is small, 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 you are just real. You do things moderately. People will flow towards you. People will leave all those high places and come towards you. 
And when they come, make sure you attend to them well. Praise the Lord. Make sure you attract, you attend to them. People will be attracted to you. As people were attracted to Jesus. Because what? Jesus is lowly. Be a lowly Christian. Be a lowly Christian. Let's go ahead and pray. We are still going to pray that to prayer. Lord, put my feet. Eh? Where? Lord, put my feet where? On a narrow way. On a narrow road. And put my eyes where? On Jesus. If you have these two principles, your leg, your feet is on the narrow way and your eyes is on Jesus. That is all. You make heaven. Now as you are born again and your feet, you can be born again and still go to hellfire. Praise the Lord. You can give your life to Christ. And before you know it, you enter wide way. Wide way means you are what? You have backslided. You have entered the wide way. Praise the Lord. And your eyes is no longer on Jesus. Your, your eyes is in something else. Many people are going to church, but everybody knows where their eyes is. Billions of people, they are going to church in this world. But every one of us, we know where our eyes is. If they, if they, if they ask you, they press you and ask you, you will tell people where your eyes is. And that is why the disciples, the apostles, they died the kind of death they died. Because they are telling them, deny Jesus and we'll free you. And they say, no. Peter was even suggesting that if you want to crucify me, don't crucify me like Lord Jesus. He said, crucify me on an X cross. That means they say you are going to die and you are suggesting the kind of death you want to die. How you should be crucified. Can we say that in this generation? That they say you should deny Jesus or they will kill you. And say, go ahead and kill me. I will not deny Jesus because he has been good to me. Jesus has called me out and I am going to him. Everything about me is all about Jesus. I will not deny Jesus. I will not deny Jesus. I will not deny Jesus. I will not.